A new generation has emerged in the earth. A seed in the ground has been sprouting, yet all around everything looked dead. Like the ground has closed every crack that the fragile seedling requires to sprout, out of the unseen to the seen, out of the death stage with resurrection power. But when the Kairos moment is announced, not even the concrete pavement can stop that seedling from pushing through. The trumpet has sounded, and that sound has hit the core of the earth. A new generation has emerged. A generation prepared and released by the heavens. Feared and hated in hell, yet the world does not recognize, neither is it ready for us. A generation coming from the wilderness of the word, where we have learnt how to die to our carnal ambitions, and embrace the mandate of our Creator. A generation who have overcome the temptations that appeal to the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh and pride of life. Our sword is soiled with the blood of our crucified flesh, and desires of the flesh. A generation that has gone through our valleys, and made a decision to join the remnant. A new generation alive in Christ has emerged. A generation whose natural appetite was long overtaken, by the spiritual appetite that declares. My food is to do the will of he who sent me and to finish his work. The king's food and wine is not what entices us, but we choose to eat that which proceeds from the mouth of God. In a world of varied options, we are the generation with a singular sight. We have locked eyes with Christ. The author and finisher of our faith men and women who have made a covenant with our eyes. A new generation fiercely committed to the word of God has emerged. A generation who know that our lives are worth the blood of the Lamb, therefore we cannot be bought with any position, nor sold for any price. We have eaten of his flesh, and drank of his blood, therefore we can confidently say, it is not I who live but Christ in me the hope of glory. A generation that does not take lightly, the greatest event in human history, the cross. We know, it is because of the finished work of Christ on the cross, that we emerge in this season, to establish kingdom lifestyle in the earth. A new generation birthed on the cross has emerged. A generation with the Isaka dimension is here, we know what Kairos we are in, and what we ought to do. The heavenly assignment is all we are here for, to become the interface between heaven and the earth. Downloading all that heaven wants installed on the earth. Heaven looked down for a man who would stand in the gap for the nations, and this generation, in one voice answered. We are here. And are willing to be misunderstood for our faith, rejected for our boldness and courage, and persecuted for holding on to the word. For the joy set before us, we are willing to be identified with Christ. A new fearless generation has emerged. We might not be perfect. Our past might try to haunt us. The enemy will try to stop us using any available vessel, but, like a pilot about to take off, we are announcing, we are committed, no turning back. From the north, south, east and west, behold, a new generation, who will bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. A new generation has emerged, backed by the heavenly host, with a trumpet sounding. Let God arise and all his enemies be scattered. A new generation that has no color, no race, no gender, and no status has emerged. The Ecclesia has emerged. We are the Cyrus community. Hello and welcome to the Cyrus community. This is Business Unusual. 
We are headed to one of the most significant holidays in Christendom and of course we'd once again want to have a series of discussions of the origin of the term now widely used to describe this holiday. Remember, we promised you we'll be here talking about the myth of Easter. And of course we kept our promise and the reason we do such segments is to highlight how effectively the enemy can hijack a crucial component of the kingdom of God and dilute its significance and power by reducing it to a set of rituals and traditions not found in scripture but rooted in pagan traditions. Now when you talk about Easter, we are saying that can we find out what is Easter, where did it come from and if it is supposed to be yes. in our path, yep. are we still on the path or we've missed it? In fact, almost like a disclaimer at this point, yes. from the very outset, would like to make it very clear that we totally believe and accept that the event associated with the term Easter, the event associated, notice I'm being careful with words, yes. is the most significant event in human history. That is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is important that we do this because much like the discussion we had titled The Myth of Christmas, would like to delink the event from the term. Mm. And like you say, we believe in it. That's yes. why you hear in our declaration. I believe you've just listened to our declaration. Yes. And we say that we are the generation that, of course, is not ignorant of the greatest event in human history. And that's the work of Christ on the cross. Now, yes. because of the work of Christ on the cross is the reason we sit here yes. to talk to you. Absolutely. Otherwise, without that, yes. there's nothing like connecting us. Yes. So it, it would, is that. So it would be so remiss of us. Yes. At a season when that is a central activity mm -hmm. in this season, would allow this to just gloss over. Oh, yes. It would be remiss of us. And so we give you a precursor with the Christmas, yes. myth of Christmas. But this is the significant one. Mm -hmm. This is a big issue. Because apart from the fact that the event has been connected, as you will see, we want to delink the event from the term. Mm. The event of crucifixion and the term Easter should not actually appear in the same sentence. The same thing, the same thing where we say it, yes. that the birth of Christ yes. and Christmas, yes. no, the same thing. Exactly. They should not be linked. Yes. So we are delinking yeah. Easter from yes. the crucifixion exactly. and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes. Don't link those So two. by now you have realized <laughs> we are about to have a history lesson. Yes. It's important that the church understands its history. Yes. If you don't know your history, you probably don't know where you're going. Mm. Yeah. That's a sad position because the church must understand that the Bible, even though we like to close it into meetings and, and into our own uh, sessions, we forget that every event we find in the Bible that is historical can be proven in human history. Mm. There were significant activities in human history. God is not functioning within the church. And I think for a long time you've always said that yes. every time we read the Bible, if we don't understand the culture or the custom of the time, sometimes we miss it. Exactly. And that is why when we say that the disciples were walking with Jesus and he told them, when you enter a house and they do not accept you, um, dust your feet. Yes. And you're like, okay, wait. Why would I dust my feet if you exactly. guys don't accept me? If you don't understand the, the culture, culture, if you don't understand the custom of the time, then you're like, okay, wait, what is dusting of feet? Yes. Then we now take that and start interpreting it with our time exactly. and we miss what the Bible is And you could about. live in a place where there's no dust. Okay, that's the other thing. <laughs> so these are different issues. We have to understand context. Yes. Secondly, the reason we are doing this, it is important, and this is going to be crucial to understand, that the enemy captures mm. yes. kingdom issues and delinks the power, 
removes the significance, gives it rituals, gives it practices, and in the end, we end up focusing on the powerless practices. Mm. Powerless for us, yes. but powerful for the enemy. Mm. Yes. So we draw no power from it, but the enemy gets great power from our inability. Mm. So these rituals then keep us in the loop of events instead of the outcomes of the event. So if the enemy comes and uh, confuses us because that's what yes. it is, he has confused yes. this whole activity, yeah. it does not nullify the birth, yes. the death, and yes. the resurrection of Jesus no. Christ. But it makes it less meaningful for us. Therefore, like you're saying, yes. it is of no power. Exactly. We do not extract what God wanted us to extract. We exactly. do not see the power of the death and resurrection. It becomes just go. a ritual yes. and maybe an activity that we do in a, in a period of time yes. in the year. And we repeat this thing we repeat over, and over, over and over. Yes. And the devil is happy with that. Oh, yes. And most of us think that means we are serving God. Mm -hmm. We are doing great. Yeah. We are keeping certain rituals most borrowed. Most borrowed. That have nothing to do with God. Now, talking about most borrowed, when you talk about history, yes. understanding history, let's first of all ask ourselves, why is it that the church yes. does not go outside of the scriptures? Meaning, we open the Bible, we read that scripture, but we do not go outside of that to see history and see if even it agrees with what is being talked about here. Well... The simple answer, not the easy answer. Okay. There's a difference between simple and easy. Yeah, this is simple, not easy at all. Okay. The simple answer, to begin with, the very term church was invented. Hmm. And once it was invented, it has perfected itself. Okay. It has perfected itself because church, when it was invented, was exactly supposed to do that. To make sure it confuses To keep you in else. a building. <laughs> okay. To keep you away yes. from everything going hmm. on to make you insignificant and therefore to keep the enemy in power. Mm. Jesus never said he'll build his church. Okay. He said he'll build his ecclesia. Church was also inserted, just mm. like Christmas was inserted, just like, and every time a term is inserted, those who insert it have got a reason for inserting yes. it. Yes, yes. And so that alone will tell you why we are so delinked from contemporary So, activity. you're saying that the minute we missed on the word church, when Jesus yes. says that I will build my church, yes. the minute you change ecclesia for church, Thank you. you've already lost us completely. Yes. We've taken a new trajectory. Completely. Meaning, when we talk about the church, for example, Jesus says, I will build my church. Exactly. We never saw him building a Anywhere. facility. Anywhere. So, did he what, lie? What did he mean? We ask such questions because if he says, I will build my church, and we never saw him building a facility, and yet today we think building a church is building a facility, exactly. did Jesus lie? Absolutely. Now, another thing is, church does not ask questions. No. Nope. As long as you're bound in this thing called church. You see, when you've practiced a ritual for years, okay. there is no reason to ask a question. Mm. Yeah. Because you were born. In it. In it. Yeah. You found it going on, so the question will be, who are you? And who are you asking? Who arrived anyway? <laughs> now to ask what you found? And I think they'll be asking you, so who are you asking? Yes. Because most of the time we are taught in the church culture is yes. do not ask questions. Exactly. Because if you question anything, you'll be questioning God. Yes. Yet God is telling you, listen, every time Jesus met with people and they asked him questions, he answered with a question. Thank you. Because every time you ask a question, you always open up the word and you go into the depth of that word and the meaning of that scripture. Yes, so questions are welcome. Exactly. But we don't ask questions. Yes. So there you go. Now, to begin with, mm -hmm. the word Easter is not found in the original scriptures at all. 
please explain and especially when you say in the original scriptures. Yeah, when I say original, yeah. this is where I go. Okay. The first time that term appears in the Bible, mm -hmm. the term Easter, is in 1611. And it appears only in the King James Version. And the verse is Acts chapter 12, verse 4. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex Satan, Satan of the church. That's the word Ecclesia. Yeah. And he killed James the brother of John with a sword. And mm. because, he saw it pleased, because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to the four contenions of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, that is the only place in the entire Bible, if you read the King James, you'll find that term Easter. Isn't that odd? Shouldn't you find it in other places? Okay. But it's the only place. Now, any Bible translation that draws off of the King James may retain it. But before 1611, it was not understood. Now, let me explain a little bit. Now, this is where we get into a bit of study, a bit of thinking. The book of Acts was originally written in the Greek language by Luke. Remember Luke, the physician, mm -hmm. the writer of Luke? Yes. There is no direct linguistic link between the English word Easter and the Jewish feast of Passover. So the Greek word that King James Version translates into Easter is actually the word Pascha, or for Swahili people, Pasaka. Okay. That's which you already know. Word, yes. Which means Passover. So the original word that should be there is the word Passover, mm -hmm. not the word Easter. Easter. There is no way you can translate Passover to Easter. Okay, and we'll see that. Yeah, there is no such possibility. Now, all modern translations, they like the New King James, which draws directly from the Greek, says it in this way. Mm -hmm. So when he had arrested him yes. and put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers, same verse 4, to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So let us be very clear that the word that has always been there is the word Passover. To begin with, this is going to cause all sorts of issues because that particular activity and that date may have nothing to do with what today we call Easter. And I think also understanding the history of the church. Yes. And that's why we are saying that today's lesson, actually today we are having a history lesson so that we yes. as Christians might understand our history, where we are coming from. You will always hear saying this word was not in the original translation. Yes. For example, if you come and say Easter was not there, it is yes. the word Passover yes. that has been replaced exactly. with the word Easter. Yes. The same way we say, when you go and find the word baptism, Please explain that. Just yeah, briefly. you see, the, the, the word that we use for the word baptism actually had two meanings. Mm -hmm. The original meaning in the Greek, and every time those terms are used, they're used differently. Okay. The original term means simply to immerse in water, like water baptism like the disciples did, yes. where you were immersed. But the second word, baptism, again Greek, mm -hmm. that is used where Jesus says go and baptize nations, mm -hmm. is a totally different term. Okay. It is a term where you keep something inside a liquid until it takes on the nature of the liquid. Mm. Now those two terms become dangerous if you properly translate them into English. Mm. So today we won't even go into that. A day will yes. come and we'll break that down just to give you that the, the writers were naughty. 
in translation. Mm -hmm. Because when they were making the translation under King James, all right, a problem occurs because King James is a king and you cannot dip a king. In water. In water. So you keep the word ambiguous so you can give it any translation you want. And that is why when you see the baptism there, it's sprinkling. Exactly. They sprinkle the And there's king. no translation for baptism that means sprinkling. It means immerse. You get the principle? Yes. So there are certain things we need to check on that. Now, let me continue a little, a little deeper into the history of then why would King James keep this term Easter mm -hmm. in the, the translation of the Bible in 1611. Okay. Now we need to understand that during this translation it is very important to note that at this point the Anglican Church was actually a breakaway from the Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. Very important. Now the roots of the Anglican Church the, or what is called the Anglican Communion for those of you who are brought up Anglican like some of us can be traced to the Reformation on the 16th century when King Henry VIII rejected the authority of the Roman Catholic Pope in Rome and established an independent church in England. So, history. So, originally everybody was under the Romans. Then King Henry VIII breaks away, story for another day on why he did that, and then he becomes independent and starts his own independent church known as the Anglican Church or the Anglo-Saxon Church, the English-speaking church together so far. But remember the retained church which they already borrowed. So they retained certain things. So they also borrowed Easter. As we will go further back and see where this came from. So it raises even more questions. Have you ever wondered why there are so many peculiar traditions that come with Easter? What do painted eggs, <laughs> bunnies, hot cross buns have to do with Jesus. And of course, some of these things, of course, in the African culture might yes. not be so prominent. Yes. People might not even know yes. that this happens somewhere out there. Okay. But when you talk of the bunnies, you talk yes. of the cross buns, these things appear during Easter. All right, depending on where you're watching us from, yes. for some of you, this is a straightforward reality. Mm -hmm. You know about the painted eggs. Or oh, you know the egg hunt, you know the, the, the eggs with chocolate inside, they are big over Easter, right? Let's go treasure hunt and look for eggs. Then let's get the Easter bunny, as mm. it is known. Yes. The Easter bunny. Where did the Easter bunny show up from? Who is the Easter bunny? And who is this bunny who lays eggs? Because <laughs> it's the Easter bunny who brings Easter now, eggs. You remember we talked about history. And you said that if you don't <laughs> go out there, get outside of the Bible. Say that, listen, it's good to read scriptures and say, yes, Jesus was crucified and he rose again. Yes. But the rituals and the activities you're involved in, it is good to go out there and find out, yes. wait, 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 where yes. did you get all this? Where did you borrow this from? Exactly. Because if you don't understand, you will think, we don't do this in Africa, we yes. don't need this, do this in Africa, but in other places, this is like, wait, if we don't exactly. do this, it was not Easter. There you go. And of course, the reason we don't do this in Africa, yes. poverty prevails. <laughs> so really, we don't have time for bunnies ah, and eggs. Eggs are too valuable to be hunted. <laughs> you know, there's no time for the yes. other. The other bigger problems to yes. handle, you know. But there are places where they tell you without the painted eggs or the bunnies or the hot cross buns, this is not Easter. Yes. You have to do now, this. Now, each of these so-called harmless things we've discussed mm. have got very powerful beginnings. And we will get in detail in some of them as we cross connect them with their source but let me give you the foundational concept okay the foundational concept is that the whole idea of easter comes from a very interesting place it comes from the idea 
of what was called the spring mm -hmm. equinox when winter had ended and this was common strangely across many religions and beliefs across the east and even the west that had this belief that because they, they, they determined um, the supernatural with the change of climates weather time and so on so the for lack of a better term there was a goddess known as Esther or Ashtoreth or Isis or she has many names depending on which region you came from mm. but they all had something in common they all had certain beliefs in common and one of the beliefs is that this interesting goddess who is the goddess of spring of new life who springs from the east in the sunrise see all those connections yeah one of the things she did that was amazing is that she turned a bird into a hare h-a-r-e later we changed that into a bunny into a rabbit okay okay and this hare had wings it could fly because remember it was a bird before mm -hmm. and it could lay eggs okay the eggs were a symbolism of new birth you know spring after winter yes. everything has died yeah everything is being born and okay. new mm -hmm. after the death of winter the life of spring okay death in winter animals hibernated then they resurrected can you see connections in the spring now these eggs there are so many myths depending on where you come from there are places where these eggs hatched and became gods in other folklore the eggs hatched and became the great people like hercules remember the man who carried the earth he was hatched mm -hmm. from an egg so there are so many stories if you go whether you go to the egyptians whether you go to the macedonians it doesn't matter there's a story to do with eggs and new beginnings and gods mm. all right so that is a big issue the bunny basically gave birth bunnies were also a sign on one extreme of new life why because rabbits hares are the quickest producers mm. and mm. for some strange reason during spring is when they would appear okay all over the place and they would give birth quickly and then so it's about fertility and multiplication and increase and prosperity but in some places like in england bunnies were hairs were strange because hairs had both an evil and a good connotation the evil connotation is that they think that sometimes witches turned into hairs <laughs> and then they would terrify people cause sickness cause death in other places if you ate a hair pie you'd chase away witches so all sorts of stories crossbands we will get into the story of crossbands later because you'll talk about cakes and crossbands and where that came from but do you realize all these things have really nothing to do with Jesus? So when and how were they connected to crucifixion mm. and to Easter? Why were they adopted? So we need to ask even more questions beyond this. And the question we need to get to is another question. What else is introduced? I think maybe also what you need to go into. Yeah. More so because when you talk about Easter, we're always talking about crucifixion. Now, maybe the question you'll be asking is, why is the crucifixion? marked on good friday and the resurrection on easter sunday now i'm asking you have you ever sat down to think that wait if we're talking about friday and we're talking about sunday have i ever sat down to think has jesus ever talked about this before did he ever talk about how long he will be dead how long he will stay and then resurrect yeah. if i take these two yes now take us to that history again and why yes. we are talking about this now, now this gets interesting and this is where the church amuses us because for years we've done this and never thought about it mm -hmm. you cannot find a good friday in the bible okay but yes. we quote it very well on good friday while we're opening the bible mm -hmm. interesting how yeah. do we quote something 
We can't find in the Bible, and then we justify it as if it is in the Bible. I think it's what you said earlier, that I was born into these rituals. I was born when they were already doing this. Now, if yes. I come and say, fine, I was told tomorrow is Good Friday. Am I going to ask? There you go. The person I'm asking also found it. And the there person who's asking, they also found yes. it. Now we are in this place where we are like, okay, wait. We are caught up in this dome of some rituals that we cannot explain. There you go. So let's talk about Good Friday and Easter and Sunday. And Easter Sunday. Remember, we already said there's a query on the word Easter. Yes. So how does it become Easter? Sunday. Sunday. Even those two statements. Yes. Where do we get them? From? Okay. We don't even have the term Sunday in the Bible. Guys, it's getting more interesting. Yet, this is what we celebrated for years. I think it's, you know, when you say some things don't appear in the Bible, people are like, okay, wait, I'm going to search. Go and look I'm, for something. And of course, with Google, it's easy yeah. to just do these searches, all yes. right? And every time you do a search, always check on your results. When it says translation, check which Bible translation, all right? Some of them don't exist. It's somebody's ah. translation. Who tried to so, now fit the story in. Yes, yeah, so always find out. When yes. you find the word, for example, Easter Sunday, yes. check who is that, what translation is that. There you go. All right? Now. Why is this a problem? This is a problem. If we use Good Friday and Easter Sunday for Jesus' crucifixion, then we're going to have a problem because Jesus said something so significant. Mm. He said he would be buried for three days yes. and three nights. Okay. Listen carefully. Three days and three nights. In fact, he literally made it so important that this would be the sole sign that he is the Messiah. Mm. When you, show, when you said, give us a sign, show us a sign. So he says, be, this is the sign that will be given to you. Mm. I will be dead three days and three nights. So if we decide that Good Friday was the day that he was buried, we are in trouble because we end up with two nights, and two days and one and a half nights. So that is Friday to Sunday. There you go. Okay. So the problem we have with that whole idea is that if Jesus operated from that level, then Jesus either A, lied, yes. or the second thing that we agree Jesus cannot lie, leads us to the argument then that he could not have died on a Friday. Because if we use Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then we deal with Friday night, Saturday night, three days, and Sunday night, Jesus should have resurrected on Monday morning. So guys, we have a problem. We have a major problem. So you're saying somebody somewhere, because we always talk about there's the people yes. who started this whole activity yes. of Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Yes. Not in the Bible. It's a mm -hmm. human being somewhere who came up with that. And yes. the reason, the question is, they couldn't just have sat and thought, Friday sounds good, good Friday. Ah. It doesn't sound good to say Easter Monday. No, it sounds, Easter Sunday sounds better. No. Yes. There must have been something that was informing them, why should we have a good Friday and why should we have an Easter Sunday? Yes. Now the problem is, if I come in and just dive into the it's Good Friday and Easter Sunday myth, uh, myth if yes. that's what I'll call it's a it. Myth. Then I don't know the origin. Yes. I'm taking away the power of the death and the resurrection ah. of Christ. Remember, we say that the enemy will win mm. when we lose the meaning yes. of why we are doing what we are doing. Yes. If we lose the power of what it was meant to be, now, the enemy wins. For some of you, probably, mm -hmm. you're wondering where are we getting the weight of the argument yes. of what Jesus said. Because we want to use Jesus' words 
to measure the time. Okay. We will not create our own story. And to do that, we literally have to look at a scripture where he actually said it. I just want that reference to come in as we continue to break this down. Because this is the most, to me, the most significant issue that will help us understand why we say we have to delink the two processes. Matthew 12, 40 mm -hmm. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly so shall the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That's yes. Jesus speaking. Exactly. Yeah. So if we follow the format of Good Friday and then insist that he rose again on Sunday morning, we have actually two nights and one and a half days. Okay. Right? That math as we normally say, does not math. It's not mathing. But, math, <laughs> not but you see, the question is, has any of us, you're watching us today, mm. have you ever sat down to calculate? Or you just said, actually, it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three mm -hmm. days. Have you ever sat down to see it? And the question, what we are saying here is, it's not about uh, saying five hours, six hours. No, it is saying, listen, Jesus cannot lie. Mm -hmm. So if this calculation is coming out as a lie, then somebody somewhere must have messed up with something and there's a reason behind the mess and then why are we making this a big deal mm -hmm. why is this such a big deal it's a big deal because literally jesus put this sign as the core proof of who he was in fact if, I, if i'm to quote matthew 16 for he says a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign mm -hmm. no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet jonah Bible says, and he left them, and he departed. In other words, the only sign you will be given is the sign of the prophet Jonah, which basically means to be dead for three, day, three days and three, three nights. nights. In other words, that is the ultimate sign. If you're looking for a sign, just like in the, in the birth of Jesus, there was a sign. Yes. You will find a woman with a babe. You remember how we gave yes, you the yes, sign? Yes, yes. These signs are the proof of who has been born. And Luke 12, 11, 29 puts yes, it this way. Yes. And when the crowd, crowds were thickly gathered together, he began to say, This is an evil generation. It seeks a sign, and no sign will be given to it, except the sign of Jonah the prophet. Now this is ironic, <laughs> that in making the crucifixion on Friday and the resurrection on Sunday, Jesus' messiahship is effectively denied. Hmm. Not yeah. to mention the fact that that would make him a liar. liar. And you know what, is, what I find interesting is that unbelievers have not attacked us with this yet. Hmm. And when they do, you may be totally stuck in trying to squeeze Jesus into those two days hmm. to try and prove what you want. That is not what Jesus said. And Jesus would never say anything that would not be provable. Yes. And for it to be adjusted, it means there is a reason for the adjustment. It also means that it must be a very powerful thing to be interfered with. Hmm. Okay? So, let's look at the accurate examination of actual events and evidence that reveal that Jesus was neither crucified on a Friday nor resurrected on a Sunday. Because I'm seeing um, here when you're saying that, yes, if we talk about Friday and Sunday, you're saying that we have locked. Jesus was locked two days. Yes. And remember we always say something, that yes, God created days. We see that in uh, Genesis. But God is not controlled by days. Yes. Talking about somebody somewhere must have changed the trajectory. Yes. Are we saying that when they locked it between Friday and Sunday? Yes. There was a reason. Now here's the thing. Yeah. A apart from the difference between the issue of Easter and why we say it's the most important activity and the issue of Christmas is because Christmas was an event that was pegged to an event. 
Okay. Let me explain. Yes. The time Jesus was born, there was another event called a census. Mm. That was not a yearly event. Mm. Hmm. So you cannot say Christmas, there must be a census. Exactly. Okay. So you cannot measure it on that basis. Yes. Okay. We only deal with dates there. But when you come to Jesus' crucifixion, it was a prophetically locked reality. Hmm. Meaning it was paralleled with the Passover. So our measurement for the Passover, remember, why, what, are, what are we using? The picture of a Passover. Because we know for a fact that the night he was taken, they were having the Passover meal. Mm -hmm. So it is easy to ask, what was the order of the Passover? How was the Passover celebrated? Mm. In which seasons was it celebrated and in what way? Okay? Now, if you go into scripture, you'll discover something very strange. Okay. That the way that the Passover was celebrated was a very interesting concept. The Passover was celebrated on what was called the 14th of Nisan. There was a measurement that was given from the Old Testament where the Passover was based on a particular point. When the Passover came, that particular day was considered, there's a, there's a version for it called the High Sabbath. Okay. It was not any Sabbath. It was a specific Sabbath when the Passover was celebrated and it fell on any day of the week. This was such a contentious issue, now we think it's normal. Okay. It was such a contentious issue that the whole idea of celebrating Jesus' crucifixion by the early church during Easter mm -hmm. caused a controversy known as Quartodeciman controversy. Quartodeciman controversy. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now the Quartodeciman controversy comes from the reality that there were Jesus and his apostles and those who followed retained the time of the Passover based okay. on the last meal mm -hmm. and based on the actual Passover. Okay. That means every year yeah. they celebrated it in parallel with what would have been the Passover. Okay. But the switch over, let's begin with Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. The day Jesus was celebrating the Passover, that night he himself changed something. All right. Remember, if they were truly celebrating the Passover, they should have slaughtered a lamb. Mm -hmm. They should have done all the things that the Old Testament asks to be done, okay. even though they were celebrating the Passover. But because they had an understanding that Jesus was the new sacrificial lamb, mm -hmm. he changed it. So that particular night, they had wine and bread. Mm. That was not a symbol of the past. So when you talk about the Last Supper, the Last Supper, there should was have been a lamb slaughtered. Exactly, that should have but been. But these the are guys who have understanding exactly. that he is the lamb. Hmm. Okay. So that particular order is what they kept. Okay. And that to them was going to be the celebration of his crucifixion and resurrection, not the celebration hmm. of a Passover. Hmm. And now you understand when he says that eat of my body and drink yeah. of my blood, he is a sacrificial Thank lamb. You. you understand what he's talking about? Exactly. But if you don't understand history yes. and know that wait a minute, this was the end Aha. of animal sacrifice. Exactly. And coming to yes. him as a final. Yes. So the sacrifice. first century mm -hmm. apostles yes. continued to keep it that way. Okay. The way they remember, when he said, do this in remembrance of me. me they celebrated that window. So whenever the Passover came, yes, and anybody else was celebrating the Passover, mm -hmm. they would mark it with the crucifixion. 
Okay. And that's what they celebrated as the new reality. Mm. Now that had no day. Because just like any other Jewish holiday or any other Jewish, uh, it, 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 it fell on any day. Okay. There was a way it was numbered because they did not use the Roman calendar. Mm. Put it together. Now, Easter worship, particular Easter Sunday, and all those models actually came from the spring equinox. Remember the Romans? Mm -hmm. They had their own celebration of the rebirth. They had their own celebration of, of Astat and Isis and, uh, and Ashtoreth and all those gods. And that is how they marked Easter. Okay. So they marked Easter also based on the changes when spring comes. They also didn't have a date. That's why till today we don't have a date for Easter, do we? Mm -hmm. It changes every yeah. year. Yes. Based on what, have you ever asked? Mm. And what who, marks the change and who sets that mark? Who sets their date? What you don't know behind the scenes is whoever sets the mark uses spring. Because I think we all know Christmas is on 25th. Settled. But if I ask you when is Easter, we all have to say stop, let me check. Thank you. So, somebody yes. somewhere sets it based on what? Now Absolutely. It's based on an old concept. Listen, Ashtot is known by another name and we'll be breaking that down in the next conversation. The concept of the Queen of Heaven. Okay. And because they celebrated that, so Rome created a new law. They said that the, even though, and listen very carefully guys, you're going to hear a name you know I always raise. In the second century there was a big disagreement between what is called the churches of the East and the churches of the West. The churches of the West led by Rome decided to say that the Passover or the crucifixion or the resurrection has to be celebrated during Easter. I want you to understand there were two different events. Okay, that's where I was going to take you. <laughs> so there's something called Passover going on yes. here. Yes. And then there's something going on called Easter. Exactly. Two different events, exactly. not the same thing. Yes. And that is key to understand so that you know this is the, um, uh, the context of our yes. today's conversation. Yes. For you to understand there are two different events going Completely. on. Completely. How they matched is that's what we're we trying are to find out. Yes. So the Eastern churches always celebrated the Passover in the 14th of Nisan. That's a Hebrew calendar model. Okay. Which was based on a, on, a, on a different model, regardless of the day of the week in which it fell. Well, the Western churches wanted to celebrate it on Sunday. So, why this is called such a big controversy, there's a man called Polycarp, Saint okay. Polycarp. Go study church history. The bishop. Saint Polycarp was actually a disciple of John the Apostle. Mm -hmm. He lived with John the Apostle. That tells you just how recent he was from Christ. Okay. Okay? He went to Rome in the year 159 to talk to the bishop there. You see, it's such mm -hmm. a big issue. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called a quarto deciman controversy. Yes. And they had a big debate, and he urged them to go back to the way the Lord gave it to us. All right? Celebrating the Passover and the resurrection of Christ needed to be in the same window because it's a prophetic picture coming to reality mm -hmm. from the Lamb of the Old Testament to who Christ is. Yes. But the church in Rome, which was controlled by the Romans, who now had become Christians, remember, decided that, nope, we're going back to Easter to ab absorb it. 
Now this went on for a long time because Caesar had instituted Easter as a celebration. They were not about to adjust themselves to Christians. So to here believers. is Easter. Yes. Caesar knows this is when we worship our gods. Yes. This is when we have rituals and activities for our gods. Yes. Now you are telling me about Passover here. Exactly. Do this. You bring yours because we are not we are not going to adjust our exactly. You adjust yours. Yes. This primarily is one of the main reasons why Polycarp was shortly arrested and burnt mm. alive. Mm. So what would make you kill a man for simply telling you, listen, there's Passover and there's Easter. Yes. We observe Easter on this day. When I tell you, no, change your date and you don't, I kill you. How do you debate somebody who works with John? Hmm. He knows How? what he's talking about. That means you have an entirely different doctrine. Yes. You're coming from somewhere else because if anybody has credibility. Now, that didn't end there. Polycarp had a successor called Polycrates. They're all police. They're polypoly, yes. <laughs> Polycrates also refused to change the tradition and continued hmm. celebrating the Passover the way it was, it almost up to 40 years later. Okay. So the discussion continued and now the new bishop of Rome, uh, called Victor, now calls Polycrates for another conversation. Okay. We need to settle this matter. Mm. You guys are keep insisting on keeping it that way. And if you go and read church history, it says that Polycarp and Polycrates both said they'd rather fear God than man. Yes. They're not going to change this model. Okay. So Victor demanded, this is the bishop now of Rome, demanded that everybody follow Rome's tradition. But Polycrates argued that they kept the day and they will continue to keep the day. So Polycrates, even though he was yes, threatened, they didn't kill him, but he didn't change it. Now the dispute continued, all right, of observing Passover or the crucifixion or observing Easter until the fourth century. <laughs> Guess who shows up in the fourth century? Our good friend, Constantine. <laughs> he never misses in our conversation. Ah. It's almost like anything that was messed up or anyone who changed our trajectory, yes. he has to appear somewhere. I normally say, <laughs> God came as a man called Jesus. The devil came as a man called Constantine. And he came and he dressed he changed himself changed the trajectory. He had this face that made Christians accept him. Angel and anything light. he said, yes. they always... They believed him. him. They embraced everything that he said. Most of the church history you have read says mm. that Constantine was a Christian. Yes. The truth is, Constantine was a Roman governor who included Christianity in Roman beliefs. Many of his activities, pagan beliefs. Yes. He just thought, okay, you also have another one, bring him here. But Let's because I am king, the core places, mm -hmm. we are going to adjust you to us. And that's well, why you always hear saying, when you talk about the church, when you talk about the words that were not changed in the Bible, when you talk about activities that were, you always hear Constantine somewhere. Yes. He was? Yes. And we touched on this story. Yeah. In the Christmas story. Yes. The Nicene Council, the Council <laughs> of Nicaea, convened by the Roman Emperor Constantine, a pagan ruler who was the first to make Christianity an official religion. Guys, let's get this right. It was an official religion, not the official religion. Mm. Historians, Christian historians, don't change the story to try and make it look good. Mm. And don't try to tell us Constantine was such a good guy. He wasn't. He made uh, Christianity the official. No, mm. he made it an official religion, among others. Mm. Because for you to know that, they did not destroy any temple anywhere. But 
Christians were told to build cathedrals on the ruins of former temples. Hmm. That should tell you a lot of things. So the foundation. Yes. So in is the not in the Nicene order, yes, he ruled that Easter Sunday will be made the official day of worship, and branded all other heretics. Hmm. In fact, quote, let's quote him: No one thereafter should follow the blindness of the Jews. Those are his exact terms. So when you talk about the polycaps and the polycrates, whatever you say, they said, as powerful no as it was. It. Forget about those guys. Exactly. They are heretics. Now let me read for you from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Okay. This is not me. This yeah. is not Bible. This is history. <laughs> this is what you can find. Yeah. It describes the subsequent success that Rome had in bending Christianity to Sunday Easter worship. In fact, quote the Britannica, mm -hmm. the few who afterwards separated themselves from the unity of the church and continued to keep the 14th day were named Quattrodecimani. Remember the Quattrodecimanian? Controversy, yes. And the dispute itself became known as the Quattrodeciman controversy. So if you are a Quattrodecimanian, according to Rome, you were mad, a heretic, and should not be listened to. Mm. And simply because you're talking the truth, because yes. you're talking about this is how things should go, but now they brand you so that yes. people don't listen to yes. you and people don't follow. And within the 10 years mm -hmm. of this particular decree is when we saw Constantine also enforce Sunday worship. Remember we talked about it? Why? Because Sunday was their day of worship as Romans, as a Roman believers. So they said, the church, you will also worship on Sunday. And Remember, today we protect it we, like God gave it when to you us. Talk about, when you read in the book of Acts, it yes. talks about they, they um, worshipped from one house yes. to another. There you go. Not on Sundays. There were households. There were people coming together, called out once. Yes. This now was destroyed. Exactly. A dismantled. Yes. And now they were told, listen, all this you're meeting in households. Stop. Yes. You're meeting on a Sunday. Absolutely. That's the official day. Exactly. And, and, and oh. in, a, in, in an attack on the Jews, yeah. he says Christians, now Christians, must mm -hmm. not Judaize by resting on the Sabbath. In other words, most Christians had chosen to also rest on the same day as the Jews. Mm -hmm. But he says they must rather work on that day. And honor the Lord's Day, which is Sunday. Who called it the Lord's Day? Constantine. Guys, I repeat. Who <laughs> called it the Lord's Day? And now what do we say? So it is the Lord's Day. Which Lord? Mm. Remember, we always say there are two Lords. There is yes. the Lord with small L yes. and the capital. Now we're yeah. talking about Jesus Christ, so the Lord. So they had a Lord. They yes. worshipped a certain God. Mm. And that God, when they worshipped, that was... Let me tell you guys, let me add something. Mm -hmm. One of the things that was a picture that they had because of the worship of the sun, yep. the group, Greeks themselves added something called the halo. Remember the halo? Mm -hmm. That is around you? Yes. The halo is the sun. Somebody standing with the sun behind them is being carried. And we think that is a picture of what? Spiritual people. Mm. Where did we borrow that from? <laughs> there was a halo around him. Mm. My goodness, the halo comes from the Greeks, the Hellenics, and the Romans, that they believe that that's how their gods appeared, with the sun in the background. Mm. That's how it is. But listen, we were given by force and yes. told those are the days we were to worship. Mm. Those are the days. Now, so even when you talk about Sunday, yes. Sunday it was the day of the sun god. Yes. So they were worshipping the sun god. Thank you. So when you talk about Sunday, we make it holy to who? Not to our God. Just like Thursday was the day for the God Thor, the mm. God of Thunder. Mm. 
That's Thursday. That's Thursday. Yeah. So once you understand those things, you understand that because the Romans were in power, they got the church to align its beliefs with Roman beliefs. Today, history has so gone on, we have chosen to protect those things we were given. Mm. The early church disassociated itself from those things completely at the cost of persecution. Mm. And that is where we talk about a generation that is not going to be ruled by days, by dates. Because as much as we are in the world, we are not of the world. Yes, in the world you say there is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But those yes. days should not rule our lives. That's why yeah. we always say that you cannot sit down and say, you know what? I'm going to be healed on Thursday. Yes. I'm going to break through next month. My things only work at the end of the month. When the month begins, you're being ruled by there the you month. Go. You're being ruled by the calendars of the other gods. When we talk of God, the creator of the heaven and the earth, he tells you, listen, you are sent, you're on a mission in the earth, and you should not be working under the control exactly. of days and months. There you go. That's what we call the Joseph Company. Yes. Are people who the sun, the moon, and the stars have no control to you. They're not bound by that. Yes. And do you know what is funny? Mm -hmm. Where this particular order it was said that if you don't follow this order, you are excommunicated. You are not a part of Christ's body. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Do you know where this order was made? Yeah. At a later council called the Council of Laodicea. Now, this is amusing because the Laodicean church has a very interesting rebuke from Jesus in the yes. book of Revelation. Yes, yes. They are the people who are lukewarm. I will spew you out. Hmm. So do you see how scripture ties into history? Yes. Powerfully? So... So what is a critical problem? Why do we even need to know about this? Why is it important? Why are we even raising this? Mm. You must understand Sunday then was essential to worship in Rome. Mm. Listen carefully. Mm. The establishment of Easter Sunday as a resurrection day entirely independent of Passover and its dates in the Hebrew Bible cause major problems because what we are doing now, we are taking an event that God gave us that we should commemorate we are hijacked put into another event and then the highlights of the other event become our focus not our own event mm. Mm. so suddenly whenever you think easter what comes into your head mm. good friday easter monday easter, easter eggs yeah. easter sunday and now a holiday called easter, easter monday. monday that's all that comes into your head a time of rest a time when jesus died Right? So yes, we talk about Jesus dying, we talk about all those things, but the other associated activities we carry out, what we don't understand is that we are carrying it out during Easter. Hmm. Remember the date you have been given to carry out this activity. It's specifically the date of the equinox. You've been given the date of spring to use. Mm. You've been given the date of, that heathens use, and you've locked that date as the date of Christ. So Christ is now subject to that date. Mm. You even deal with the amount of days that had nothing to do with him. So what you're actually commemorating in your time, it's like saying, we're celebrating my birthday on your birthday. Mm. And my activities rule your birthday. Thank you. So when you talk about the Passover here, when you talk about the death and the resurrection, mm. we do not see the power and the meaning yes. of that. Because what happens now? Remember, if you're working with other gods, with other pagan activities, they tell us how to do it. Yes. So what do we do? We crucify Jesus every Easter. 
Yes. When we crucify him, we cry because we see, oh no, this happened. We do not see the power of what, I mean, why would I feel pity on Christ's death and it is the death that is supposed to be redeeming me and taking me back to my father. Is it a time of crying or celebrations? Am I supposed to be uh, crying about, oh no, the cross, the blood, the way he was beaten 39 stripes and I'm crying and I'm like, oh no, it's so sad. It's not a sad event. It is the event that brought you back to your father. It is a, the event that took us back to Genesis chapter exactly. 2. So that we may continue with what the father was, was, was taking us. Yeah. So this is the thing. And, and you know, for some of you who are biblical scholars, yeah. you will argue from Luke 23:54 because that's where we always assume the Friday came from. It says that that day was the day of preparation and the Sabbath drew near. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we all assume that means it was Friday. Mm, oh, because when you talk about the Sabbath. The day of preparation and the Sabbath New Year. Now it is wrongly assumed to be a Friday. The reference, however, is not a weekly Sabbath, but the shifting annual Sabbath of Leviticus 23.6, known as the first day of unleavened bread. Mm. So if you want to go, go read Leviticus 23.6 and yes. understand that the day of unleavened bread occurred at any given time. Now, thank God for history that if you have the time to do the homework and the research necessary, you'll discover that the day of unleavened bread, when Jesus was crucified, because it's easy to date it because of which king was in charge, which Caesar was in charge. Thank God we have Herod Pilate to help us time things. Okay, if you go, you'll discover that that particular Sabbath of the of preparation that came with the day of unleavened bread actually fell on a Wednesday. Hmm. This is easily proven by history. Yeah. So you don't even need to struggle to understand that. Thus, if you assume a fixed Friday crucifixion and assume a Sunday resurrection, we have a problem. The Bible doesn't say Jesus rose on Sunday, by the way. Mm -hmm. We interjected. Okay. It says he was already risen by Sunday. And maybe let's read that scripture because when these things are read, they are read so nicely on the pulpit and we say, so on Sunday morning, and let's read, it's not in the Bible. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you speak, seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. That is Luke 24, 1-6. So, if we go by the generally accepted but Rome-influenced and enforced, <laughs> even though inaccurate model that established a fixed Good Friday and Easter Sunday, we have an irreconcilable period of less than two days barrow hmm. versus the three days and three nights Jesus described. So you need to understand that it's important to understand that on Sunday early in the morning, we don't know how early, it could have been 1 a.m., could have been 2 a.m., as they went, they were told he is already risen. He, not that that's the day he rose. So that, the first day of the week now, we know that is Sunday, right? He's already. Because they're using their calendar. Yes. Okay. But it is no accident that the Roman church anchored Easter worship to Sunday mm. in connection with sunrise services. Yes. And that is why we call it 
Sunday. <laughs> Please notice the term. It is the day historically associated with the worship of the sun god. So if you understand why the Romans would push it to Sunday, where they talk about after the Easter, the sun rises again. The sun had died, remember? In winter. Yeah. Now the sun is rising again. So if you guys are talking of Jesus, the son of God, rising, we also have our own. We will bring you as to rise on the same day. Mm. So when you see us talking about Easter, uh, the myth of Easter, and saying that, listen, it's not about Good Friday and Easter Sunday. It is about the activity that is not even initiated in the earth. Mm -hmm. This is God saying, listen, I need to redeem man. But to redeem man has to come as man. Mm -hmm. And I have to go through the process. And on this one, the most powerful event where Jesus dies and resurrects, another demonic activity happens. And we are hijacked. And now we are being given rituals. We are being given activities that cover what is supposed to be happening. Now, our prayer is by the end of this series, yes. you'll have known that in this season of Easter is when you need to sit back and ask yourself, wait a minute, he <laughs> came to redeem me back, take me back to my father. Have I gone with him or I'm still stuck with the in sun God? Am I still stuck with the rituals? Am I still stuck with Good Friday and Easter Sunday? Or am I on a journey going back to my father? Because when you talk about Jesus' death and resurrection, the first thing that he did, he just brought us back to the father. The, re the relationship that we broke and we lost in Genesis. At this point in yeah. time is when it was reconnected. So mm -hmm. God, Jesus, came to die so that we may go back to our father. Yes. By the end of Easter, yep. that should be what we have yes. learned. We're not just doing this for the sake of yes. dealing with the problem of Easter. Mm -hmm. We are getting the, we, we are distinguishing, separating Easter from the crucifixion. Yes. Then we are going to pay attention to what was the crucifixion about. That's why you'll understand why it was hijacked by Easter. Thank you for watching this episode of the Kingdom Conversations. The big question remains, what have you heard? And what are you going to do about it? Keep tracking with us, like and follow us on our social media handles, the Cyrus community on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. You can send in your questions through Facebook or use the email on your screen. And as Micah 4.4 says, may you be found seated under your vine and under your fig tree. Until our next episode, keep it kingdom, keep it pure.